Welcome to the All Things Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dale Milburn, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy what you're about to listen to. So, what's going on, guys? And um, welcome back to episode two of the All Things Horror Podcast. We've made it. Uh, I was a bit uh, sceptical about making another one of these, but i um, got to be persistent with it. So, this is going to be number two of season one we're in now and um thanks to those who tuned in listened to me very first podcast episode um granted it wasn't perfect but it's all a learning curve and um it's much appreciated and i'm hoping to start bringing you some more regular uh, episodes and content because i know it's been a bit of a delay between the first episode and the second episode but we've got lots to discuss today uh regarding the texas chainsaw massacre franchise including my ranking which i'm really excited to get into and also a big talking point of today's episode is Hall- is Halloween Resurrection Misunderstood? However, that carnage is for later in the episode. So bear with me on that. Um, so yeah, let's get straight into it. Uh, I guess we should talk about, uh, well, familiarise people with the uh, franchise. Obviously, some listeners may have never seen it. They might just be getting into horror. I do not know. But for those who don't know it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was released November 21st, 1976 um, by Tobe Hooper and has gone on to accumulate nine total films, um, which is, is quite a lot, actually, for a franchise, especially nowadays. Um, the, franchi- the franchise has grossed a whopping, this is estimated, by the way, £247.5 million worldwide, with the franchise only having an estimated production budget of £49.8 million. So that's a lot of profit, probably hence why... They've brought nine movies out. But it's done well to get to there. There's no denying that. Um, what I would say is, especially the, the fan pages I'm in, which I will always go, I'll go back to these quite a lot in um, my podcasts because, you know, that's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. But in in the uh, fan pages that I'm in, it's not really everyone's cup of tea, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which, pardon me, I totally get because, to be honest with you, I think I only really enjoy four of the movies um out of the nine which is less than half so that says something about it um normally as well like there's always the argument of you know the four horror icons you've got in my eyes you've got leather not Leatherface, sorry you've got jason he's a no-brainer freddy krueger no-brainer michael Myers, no-brainer but there's always that question mark between who is the fourth horror icon and um, mine is Ghostface because I'm a bit of a Scream fanatic. And um, some people's is Chucky, some people is, I don't know, Pennywise. And a lot of people's is Leatherface. But there's always that, not necessarily unknown, but discussion for who the last one is. And uh, that's probably a testament to the nine movies as to why he's sometimes in there and sometimes not. Because like I say, I'm only a fan of four. Um, the latest entry in the franchise was obviously... David Blue Garcia's Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, which is exclusive to Netflix, um, didn't release it cinemas. I assume most listeners probably have Netflix, so do go and watch that. Um, that's the latest one. But yeah, I, I, I think before I get into this ranking, I want people to know my stance on the on the franchise itself. You know, I I'm not the biggest fan of this franchise. I will, you know, I'm not gonna sit and pretend that I am. Um, I'm not because I feel like out of the nine movies, there's there's no story, there's no character arc, you know. There's not really any 
movie that really feels like a proper sequel to the original. I feel like it's just everything's been done again and they're all remakes, you know. And you'll be watching them and you're just sat there and you're thinking, hold on a minute, I've seen all this before, like, give us something new. You know, like I say, in most of them, there's no progression of any character or character arc. Or there's not even a character that we can really, like, love or root for through more than one movie. And that's because of the fact that most films have just tried to reboot the franchise with their own take and pretty much end up doing the same thing. Um, <clears throat> I will also say, you know, like, be honest with me, listeners, I haven't seen some of these in a while. And this... I'm saying this ranking, I think, is... I've got a pretty good idea of, of what they like, but I would have liked to ideally have sat down and re-watched them all, you know, one by one, and, and giving you more of a fresh ranking. But in this franchise where there's not really a, a lot of films that I like, and to be honest with you, there's not really a lot of shuffling in the franchise, you know, apart from the top four, where I will shuffle quite a bit to which ones I like better. But like I say, it's... Some of these films aren't fresh in the back of my mind of what I can remember. But like I say, a few of them as well are that bad that you don't, there's not really lots to remember of them. Um, <clears throat> if I do a, do a franchise ranking, which I'm more into, like, I don't know, for example, Halloween, I will definitely make the time to sit down and watch them all back to back so that I give you a fresh ranking. And um, I get a better recollection of the films in my head. So just so you know. But with that being said, we'll get into number nine on this list. And if you haven't guessed, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation. Please, God, do not make me watch this again. That was, well, that is a fucking shit show of a film. You know, it's, I don't really know where to start with this movie. Um, Well, the one probably positive that is, and it's uh, fair play to Matthew McConaughey, because he was pretty fun in this. I mean, he's just damn shit crazy in this. But besides that, I hate this movie. I mean, for one, Leatherface dressing up as a woman. Do I really need to say no more about that? No, I don't, because I'm really not down for that. I think it's such a... What a way to disrespect someone who's an apparent horror icon to make them dress up as a lady. You know, how is that meant to be, you know, scary to to anyone? Um, To be fair, though, I will say the the film actually, believe it or not, starts out like a slasher that I would normally like. You know, teens being stranded in the woods and stuff. But then, after that, it just fails on every form. I mean, there's no wonder there wasn't another entry in the franchise for nearly a decade, because how how, like, how would you come back from that? I mean, don't get me wrong, I do like a film franchise to take a risk. Um, Well, I'm saying I do like it. Thinking of Halloween Ends, not so sure. Thinking of this, not so sure. But yeah, before them two shit shows, I did like a film franchise to take a risk, but this was a huge risk. And the majority of fans, me especially, didn't work. Um, Positives about the film, because uh, I think, you know, I mean, there's really not not a lot. Uh, I work well. To be fair, the, the film does look quite similar to the original, you know, the atmosphere and stuff and the grittiness of the of the camera, but ultimately this film's just a big no from me, and there's, and there's not really much more to say about that. Uh, Aside from how bad I think it is, I'm, I'm trying to really dig deep for some positives and I just can't. The The main one is obviously Matthew McConaughey, but he's actually took, uh, I think, took some film distributing company to, to a lawsuit to get his name off the front cover of this film, which I think speaks volumes. So, yeah, um, 
that's this is number nine for me definitely no doubt about it and I'm, I'm, i'll give this a rating of probably a two out of ten and ultimately that's why it comes in at number nine because yeah not for me uh i don't think that would have been any surprise to anybody what was number nine but uh number eight is going to be leatherface 2017 yeah again again a movie i dislike quite a bit uh the only reason i have this movie above the next generation is because of the asylum scene probably at the start i mean asylum settings and movies set in mental asylums full of killers is a setting that like it's me guilty pleasure i really do enjoy asylum scenes or like when a movie is set in a mental institution or whatever i mean john carpenter's the ward always springs to mind when i think about them or wrong turn four which is a guilty pleasure of mine so by the way if you haven't checked them out make sure you do because they're two great movies in my eyes anyway but yeah it's it's a great scene in this film i will give it its due the start is a really good scene the breakout and stuff it's quite tense and I, I, I like again i also don't mind that they tried something way different i, res I do respect that it had the but it had the whole who is leatherface concept and it was okay but the red heron didn't really work because the big guy who was the spit image of what Leatherface probably would have looked like as a kid was just way too obvious for it to be him. So the only other option it was was that nice little vulnerable kid who had that hint of niceness in him for the thing for the full film. But you kind of just seen it come from a mile off, you know. Um, the Bonnie and Clyde couple were pretty cool at the start, but... And again, their dialogue through the film ended up being quite Rob Zombie-esque, which was a tad annoying, you know, a lot of shouting and swearing and just over-the-top annoying. Um, For the rest of the film setting, I didn't really vibe. Like, don't get us wrong, I'm not from the US. But, like, looking at that movie, I thought, is this set in Louisiana? Because, obviously, a lot of films set in Louisiana have the crocodiles, you know, the lakes and whatever. And, like, just looking at that film... I was just looking at thinking, that's not what I imagined Texas to be. You know, and I could be wrong, but that's just the vibe I got. And the ending just went from zero to 100 real quick. I mean, I was just sat there thinking, where the fuck did that come from? Like, all of a sudden he's nice and then next thing you know, boof, he's blown up and he's fucking evil. And it was just like they ran out of time to put a good ending in, so they just clipped a switch, which wasn't ideal. But um, all in all, like I say, this entry in the franchise, I would happily miss out if I was doing a marathon. Bar a few good bits in the movie, I think it just beats dead last in this franchise ranking. So I'm going to give this a two and a half out of ten. So it just beats the next generation by 0.5. But yeah, two pretty bad movies to start off. Um, Coming in at number seven is... Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Um, it's a funny one, this, because this is the film that I feel most people have either last or second last in their rankings, but for me, it comes in at number seven. Um, I really like the atmosphere of this film, and granted, it's a bit of a slow burner at times, and it is pretty boring at times, but I feel like the exciting bits in the movie are really good and really exciting that it kind of makes up for the slow burner boring bit. Um. I love the family in this. I think they're probably one of, if not the best portrayal of the family out of all the movies. The, the really sinister bunch in this film. Um, I like how the film's pretty much set in the dark for the full film, you know. It really makes the atmosphere more tense and I just think it was 
it was filmed really well. Uh, I really love the character of Betty. I think he's just a great guy in this film. And, and he's a character you can have, like, you can cling on to him and you've got hope for him and you feel like he's going to save the others in the film because he's that big, masculine guy and you think, you know what it is? If there's one man who's going to beat Leatherface, it's going to be Benny. But for me, I think he was just brought into the film a little bit too late. I would have liked to have seen him earlier in that film because he does carry it a little bit for the last act. Um, and also, I think this film has by far one of the better masks in the franchise, if not the best mask, well, best version of Leatherface. Um, all in all, it's a pretty solid entry, I think. I mean, definitely a film I wouldn't miss out if I was doing a marathon. Uh, I think it's a considerable step up from the last two, so I'm going to give this a 5 out of 10, and that's why it comes in at 7th place. Moving on to number 6, I'm going to go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022, the Netflix one. Um, guys, I can't even begin to tell you how hyped I was for this film and the build-up and excitement towards it, especially the fact it wasn't coming out of the cinema you know, and I knew I could watch it in my own house. I was so pumped for this film. And, um, yeah, the build-up and excitement was so real. And I think... It's one of them where you, I didn't really expect it to come. Like, I'm not really one for for news and stuff on horror. Like, I like to, like, I don't want try not to watch trailers because I think it ruin it ruins it. But this one I seen it leaked online that it was coming out, and since then I was so hyped. Um, this is a film that takes place fifty years after the original, and it um disregards the full franchise completely, and it's and is classed as a direct sequel to the original. So that was a bold um, move, and in my eyes, they, they didn't fail, but nor did they succeed. I liked the look of Leatherface um, and how he was portrayed. I, I personally would prefer me horror icons to be really aggressive, you know, like, for example, I'll, I will refer to this, but uh, Tyler Mayne and Rob Zombie's Halloween's really aggressive, you know, I prefer them to be like that instead of more sinister. Um, and I think Mark Burnham, I think it is who plays Leatherface, does that really well. A couple of bad points I will say is that I really didn't like the cast at all of the kids, you know. I I didn't fall in love with them, you know, I didn't want them to do well. And I think most people who've seen this film will agree with me that, especially bloody Melody. Melody in this film, well, I honestly I can honestly say that I hated her. And hate's a strong word, but I hated her character. What a bitch, you know, and, and that's no disrespect to the actress because she's probably been asked to come across that way, but I really did just want it to be sawn in a million pieces straight away. Like, she was so annoying. She was thought she was better than everyone. Um, just someone who you just fucking straight away think, get off my screen. Um, yeah, aside from her, um, <laughs> I thought it was really cool, the message about guns and gun crime that they were trying to portray. I thought that was a cool little take, you know, to spread awareness or wherever. Um, I think I was maybe part of a select few who didn't really dig the idea of how they got into this town. Um, this every I will say spoilers all the time, so if you haven't seen it, but they kind of go, they they find this old town in Texas and they trying to go as like influencers to try and revitalize the town, but I would I just thought it was a bit unrealistic, but you know hey oh you've you've got to get in there somehow, but I wasn't vibing it, um. I would have liked this film to be a tad more gritty like the OG, but apart from that, I think the cinematography was excellent. There were some really cool shots, which I loved. Especially, I think there was one online, and this is the leak that I've seen, where like he stood in like an opening, 
and he's holding his chainsaw by his side, you know, and it's absolutely lashing down a rain outside. I thought that shot was amazing. Um, the bus scene, I didn't really like that. I thought, come on. I know it's a modern film, but you don't have to throw it in our face that it's a modern film because that would not happen if that ugly ass came onto a bus well in the chainsaw, would it? No one would get the bloody Instagram up and start doing an Instagram live. That was just too realistic, that. And lastly, another annoying thing was not every franchise has to bring back an OG character for views. I mean, come on, man. Use your own ideas. Like, there was just no need to bring the old girl back from the OG film. It was just... They've just done it just to, for clickbait, I think, and for more views, but it just didn't work. She was in it for about two seconds. <laughs> but, you know, it, it might sound like I hate this film, but honestly, I don't. I actually pretty enjoyed it, you know. And the final scene where they're in that abandoned building and there's that water pond or whatever it is in there, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Shot really well. But yeah, it was a it was a good it was a good I mean, it could have been better, but it wasn't a bad movie. It was it was just pretty solid, you know, and, and I do hope we get another one by that director, another Netflix one. So yeah. Um I would give, probably give that a six out of ten, I think, for me, yeah. Uh coming on to number five. And <laughs> Calm down before I say this. Number five for me is the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, hopefully after I've just said that, you guys haven't turned off, but hear me out. First of all... <coughs> pardon me. First of all, these films from now on, onwards, I really enjoy. And there's not a lot in them, you know. There's not much budget space. They're all pretty similar. Um, and and these, all these films now will shift places over the year. Um, you know, one day I might wake up and I might rank this at number four, next day I might be at number six, you know, blah 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 But uh, don't get me wrong on this film. This film is a classic. And it kick-started a lot in horror, in that, and I have so much respect for it. It's so iconic, you know, and it means so much to me as a horror fan. Um, You know, and, and, I, and I actually have no criticisms for this film, really. The, just the one thing why it's, it's number five for me is because cause a young guy like I am in today's modern day and age, I just think this film doesn't age well and I find it pretty tough to sit through and watch it. Um, don't get me wrong, I envy everybody who got to see this when it came out of the cinemas because I cannot imagine how good it was in the sim cinema and how scary it was. But for me, right now, it's it's just a tough watch. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything bad about this movie because there isn't. But it's, it's like I say, it's my it's my rank and, and it's how I feel about watching these films, you know, and I don't want to be fake and just put it at the top because it's the original when I don't feel that way. But yeah, nothing else said on that. I'd rate it's a seven out of ten for me. Um iconic, so much respect for it. Number four. Coming at number four, we've got the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. Now this film has so much nostalgia for me. You know, I, I used to watch this at least once a week. Honestly, that's no lie. Chop Top is just so iconic. What a character. Jeez, he's superbly played by Bill Mosley, and I think he just he puts that film from another level. You know, it's it's probably a medium film for me, you know, not bad, not good. But his character, I think, alone carries the film. <clears throat> uh, I love the start of this film and the atmosphere of this film. I think it's so good. It, it, it almost, like I love it, like I always say before, like I love a film that makes you want to be in that film at that time obviously not getting killed and that's part of the mayhem but like to be in that scene and i think that film makes you want to be there Um, the radio scene in my eyes is, is one of the best scenes among anything in horror i've seen you know that 
five minutes when Chop Top and Leatherface get there is just iconic. I think Stretch is great and you really root for her, even though she does scream for half the film, <laughs> which is pretty annoying. But this film as well, you know, I love how it dives into the whole so <laughs> soy is meat chili thing. You know, I think it just puts an even more sick twist on the family that they put in human body parts crushing them up and putting them into his chili that he sells and you know and gets loads of awards for i think that's just a really sick twist to put on it and it makes you question well question i question myself every time i'm chili con carne in the house i think oh god yeah um i think lefty's badass especially when he buys them two chainsaws at once to go and fight in that underground lair and he's got them on both arms like he's bloody terminator um one of my only criticisms of the film, though, I would say, is they could have done a better job of where the family lived, that underground lair. I wasn't really vibing that, you know. I didn't think it was that good of a setting for the final act of the film. I think the first act of this film does carry it, and then the final act kind of just drifts away. Um, <clears throat> oh, and I must get this out there, it's so weird. Uh, I really didn't vibe the whole chainsaw and stretches private area thing. That was... And then Leatherface, like, I think he anti-climaxes but that for me was a no-go like that was pretty weird um but apparently this film is actually what Tob hooper was trying to achieve in the f in the first movie but it was it was clearly way off because uh this is more of a comedy i think than it is a horror but yeah overall i think this film is honestly one of the funnest rides you will ever go on as far as horror films are concerned you're not gonna get a more fun experimental just a good vibe in film, you know. It puts you in a good mood when you watch it. Um, I'd rate this film 7.5 out of 10. Coming on to number 3. This was where it got tough for me because these last three films are all really tight and it was hard to pick me top 3 because I don't want to... The one that I like the best, I've stuck with, even though a lot of people probably don't agree, but... These three films, I think, there's not a lot in them for me at all. I think the all three are really good. Um, but number three, I've got to have Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, the remake. Um, this film is everything for that I imagine what the first one would have been like back in the day. Like, me watching this is how I feel like you guys watched, well, those who were old enough, watched the original back in the day. You know, I think it's a great story. There's... It's back to the original. Um, it's got great kills, great chase scenes. The look of the film is absolutely bang on. It's so gritty and the lighting throughout just makes it the atmosphere, you know. it's And that, that actually, it, it's hard to do because a lot of films don't nail that, which you should really. It's just the way it's filmed and the, and the lighting just, I think, says so much about who you are as a director. Because if you get that bang on, I think you're halfway there. And I mean... These do it, I think, I would say perfect, really. I mean, it's a bit of a slow burner, you know, but the second half of the film is all mayhem. Uh, the opening scene where they pick the girl up is done to perfection. I think Jessica Beale is a brilliant final girl. It's almost a, a crying shame, really, that we couldn't get a few more movies with her in it because, unfortunately for this, I think that's the only thing it lacks, like, is, is the rest of the cast... Um, because I think by Jessica Biel, who's fantastic, I think the rest of the cast are just mediocre, really. Um, I think Leatherface's look isn't the greatest, which is a shame, really. I think 
the mask looks too like rubbery. It's almost like a novelty leather face mask you'd buy out of like a Halloween store. Um, like I said before about the cast being out, I think they're pretty average and you can't really root for them in it. You know, you don't really want them to survive because you're not all that invested. And I cannot stand Sheriff Hoyt. I think that's how you say it in this movie. He makes me cringe so much. He's, he's, he's almost over the, over the top annoying. Whereas like you're thinking, yeah, he's a bit of a prick. Which I, I get that's how he's meant to be portrayed, but there's being a prick and then there's like overdoing being a prick and I think they step over the mark. Um one of this thing one of the things this movie really does brilliant, which I will give massive credit for, is it really does portray that scalding Texas heat I imagine Texas has. I mean I'm from nowhere near Texas, you know, I'm from the UK. And when I'm watching that movie I feel sweaty watching that damn movie. Because the way they portray the heat through the screen and how it's lit up and how they've, you know, dressed the characters to be sweaty and dirty and gritty. I just think they do an excellent job of that. And um, I think all in all, it, it is a great movie and a really solid franchise, uh, slasher film that could probably go against a lot, a lot of good slasher films. Um, and that's why it gets the nod, nod at number three spot. Um, I would give this movie seven and a half out of ten also. Number two, right, coming down to the top two now, so we really are at the business end of this ranking. Um, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go on number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2013. Now, this was going to be my number one, but just thinking about it in the past 25 minutes this podcast I've been doing now, um, it's been in the back of my mind, do I put this over the other one, which you'll probably know what it is by now. But fuck it, I've decided. Number two, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2013. You know, and I, I actually love this movie. And it does get a lot of stick, which I don't know why. Um, this always seems to be quite low in people's rankings as well. Um, I love the house that it's set at. I love love the cast, you know, especially Alexandra Daddario. Yes, I'm willing to look past the, past the fact she's meant to be 40. And she also does say to Leatherface, do you think, close, and throws him a chainsaw. I am willing to look past that. Which, uh, to be fair to them, at the time they probably shot that scene and thought, yeah, that's a badass scene. All these hardcore fans are going to love that. But yeah, it was a pretty shambolic, really. It just didn't go. Um, but no, seriously, it's, I think it's a great slasher movie. I love the concept and idea behind it, the old house inheritance thing and how she gets there. Um, I actually think the house is a great movie setting for it to be in, and I absolutely love the whole basement thing and the big metal sliding door down there, which provides some great shots, you know, when Leatherface opens the door, grabs the person in, then slams it shut. I thought that was amazing, and they did a really good job of that. Um, there's some great kills in this. And even though Leatherface, the way he looks, is far from great, I think the way he's portrayed in this by Dan Yeager is hella scary. Like, he's really, he really is daunting. Um, the slaughterhouse is a place I don't think is used enough in this franchise at all. Because it is one creepy setting, which I love. Um, it's like the slaughterhouse in these films is like Leatherface's happy place where he feels home and knows like the back of his hand. A bit like Freddy Krueger's Boiler Room or Jason's Cam Crystal Lake. So it's such a shame, I think, that he didn't explore Leatherface in the, sla in the slaughterhouse as much as the other movies. Explore like as much as the other movies explore um Freddy in the boiler room as such you know because I think if they 
focused on that you could have got some really good shots you know and some really good scenes throughout the franchise but they didn't really seem to go down that avenue quite a quite a lot really but um yeah i remember getting this dvd as soon as it came out you know and watching it over and over again and just i think i just think it's a bang on slasher like uh, it's fun it's scary it's tense you know you got some good characters in there leatherface is daunting you got that underground basement thing which it's tense when he's running up the stairs and stuff. Yeah, um, I think it deservingly comes in at number two, and I, I think I'd probably give this a rating of 8 out of 10. Uh, this leads me down to number one, which, if you know the films, you'll have worked out it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning. Um, funny enough, you know, this, this is the one movie in the franchise that I actually didn't see a lot of back in the day because I actually had the movie on DVD, and I remember losing it. So I didn't never used to watch it as as much. Um but upon recently getting it back, this is the movie that I wish I hadn't lost because this is one of the best versions of Leatherface that there is. I think well, to me it is the best. And I think it's certainly for me the best movie as it stands. Um I think the violence and the gore is cranked up to a whole new level, um, in this movie. You know, I really like the cast. You know, you root for both the guys to survive, which is rare because it's a film with two guys and normally one's a right dick, but these are both good dudes, you know. I like the whole brother thing they've got going on. It reminds me a bit of me and my brother and how we have each other's back, you know, and they go into that little Vietnam thing they have in the background. is a good little backstory that they have going on. Um, I think there's some of the best chase scenes in this movie out of the whole franchise. I like the whole prequel thing that they did, you know. Especially the bit at the start, you know, like I said, with the slaughterhouse scene. I really love that scene. And I love that how, like, I love it how they portrayed him at the start, you know, that he was just someone trying to fit into society who got that took away from him because of the slaughterhouse uh, shooting. And that's and when that's all you've got and you take him out of that situation, and then that's when shit hits the pan in this movie. And then um, I think shit hits the pan well, uh from then on, I think it's all action, you know. There's not a lot of slow burning bits in this film. Um, again, I also think they get the atmosphere and the setting of this film spot on. It portrays what I would think Texas is, you know. You get that hot feeling coming from the from the telly. Um, I'm not really normally a prequel guy either, but I think this movie just does it well, you know. And, and that's why it's my favourite of the franchise, and that's why it's number one, Um. Who knows, time could make a shift, which it normally does in this franchise. Normally we top four shift quite a bit, but <clears throat> at the minute I think that by far for me is the easily the better film out of the nine films. Um, I would rate this film an eight and a half out of ten. So yeah, that's the ranking all wrapped up. Um, I know it's controversial in some ways, but remember, everyone is entitled to their own opinion and it's their own ranking. And my ranking could be way off your ranking, but it doesn't mean my ranking's wrong. You know, so don't be a sheep. I will say that is my most important advice. Don't be a sheep and don't like something just because everyone else likes it. Because I do actually think a lot of people out there will normally just think, oh, well, everyone else is saying that's number one. So that's to be my number one. So that's my bit of advice. And that's I get that advice from rankings like this because... I know this ranking has controversial picks 
Of course it does. I mean, for God's sake, I've put the original at number five, but that's just how I feel about it. You know, I just don't and get the same enjoyment watching that as I do with the other films. Um, there's only really, like I said before, four or five films I really enjoy, and I think the rest are pretty average. Um, it's a shame, you know, because there is a lot of wasted potential, I think, in this franchise. Because there's so much you could explore, you know, and if played well enough, I think if, Leather, if Leatherface is played well enough, I think he's potentially... <coughs> excuse me, one of the most scariest daunting horror villains we have. But in this franchise, I think just too many films miss miss the ball, you know, with it and and do the same thing over and over again. Give me a bigger leather face, give me an angrier leather face, give me more slaughterhouse scenes. And I think if you give me that, that really for me could cement him as the fourth horror icon instead of I don't know, maybe it's Jason, you know. I'm going a little bit off Jason at the moment. But, yeah, give me something new with him. And hopefully, Netflix are bringing another Texas Chainsaw out. And hopefully it beats the last one, you know. And hopefully it's a solid entry into this franchise. But, yeah, um, there we go. That That's me ranking. Um, if he's a listening... I hope you do your own ranking, you know, and let me know what it's like, you know. Uh, but coming on to part two of this show, if I do have any listeners still, I might not have to earn me last ranking, but, you know, <laughs> hey-ho. This is a topic that I've wanted to discuss with people for a while. You know, as I've stated before, I'm no sheep. And if I think a movie's crap and the whole world don't, I'll still say it's crap. I'm not just going to change my mind because other people have. But he... This is what's going to lead on to my next big talking point of the show, which is a very, again, controversial topic, and it is, is Halloween Resurrection misunderstood? Now, look, I promise you I'm not just saying this to be controversial, because I'm not, I'm not like that, but I do honestly think a lot of people jump on the bandwagon and say this is a bad movie because everyone else does. Don't get me wrong, it is very hard being an outcast in amongst Halloween fans, because I know they're so easy to outcast you. And I know that all too well because I like... Well, I am one of very few who like Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And that fan base, in which I myself would say I'm in that fan base because I'm too Halloween fan and a big Halloween fan, if that. But that fan base is very clicky, you know. And you must like what the majority like or you're wrong. It's as simple as that. There's no in between. If you like Halloween Rob Zombie's 2 in that fan base, you're wrong. And that's just that. But, um... No, I'm putting myself out on a limit, and I, and I do honestly think that Halloween Resurrection is misunderstood. Now, I'm going to start off where the director, Rick Rosenthal, who also actually directed Halloween 2, I'm going to start off where he would have started, and that's at the drawing board. So he's got an idea and a concept. Now, let me tell you this, right? The idea and the concept of this film is hella fun. The thought of a reality TV show, which was probably really popular back in 2002, mind, going wrong... And the viewers at home are now watching a serial killer chase some kids about in the same house that that serial killer used to live in. Now that there is crazy and that there is definitely fun. And I know if that happened in real life, each and every one of us would have tuned in for that, if that was real. I mean, we're talking... The, the, the reality TV show that is in the film is such a realistic idea because <clears throat> you can't say it's not because right now, as I'm recording this, one of the most popular TV shows on Netflix is Dharma. The series. I mean, 
So that just goes to show how fucked up everyone is in today's day and age. That people are enjoying watching a programme on a serial killer. But that is exactly what this concept of the film's about, you know. It's about a reality TV show sending kids into an old serial killer's house. And it's something that people would have actually watched if that was on telly. If that, if that show was actually on telly for real. I know for a fine fact I'd have tuned into that. And I know most horror fans would tune into that. Um. You know, and I, I actually really like the opening scene at the mental hospital. It's a fantastic chase scene, I think. I think it's one of the best chase scenes in the franchise. Um, it's got some excellent shots, you know, and excellent cinematography. I mean, that shot where Michael breaks through the door, I think that is one of the best iconic shots of the full franchise. Um, all, I think all of us, well, me especially, I think all of us horror geeks find it so cool when he bumps into that guy who knows all the serial killers, you know, and he gives him his knife. Yes, there's no denying it's a horrible way to write off Laurie Strode because of what she's been through. But you've got to remember that she'd only been in actually three movies before this. So, yeah, I know we were emotionally attached to her, but for three movies, it was worth really a massive talking point of why we hate the film. Um, And I think the fact that she was in that mental hospital is quite realistic too because she would most have certainly felt trauma and it's quite possibly she would have been locked up in somewhere like that. I think the character of Sarah, you know, the main girl who's in it, is one that we end up rooting for in the end. I think she's really likeable. And I think that she, the fact that she has that guy that she's dating who's watching it live and reporting where Myers is in the house, I think that causes so much tension through the film, you know, and it's quite really scary, actually. Because um, he's texting her all the time, saying, oh, don't go in that room, he's in that room, go to another room, he's coming. You know, I think it just causes a lot. I think they do really well at causing tension there. Um, actually, I probably would say that this film probably has one of the most tense scenes. And that being the full last act. Because the last act is pretty much one big chase scene, you know, and it's great. And you're just gripping the edge of your seat thinking, don't go in there, don't go in there. Oh shit, move, move, he's coming, he's coming. It's got that type of feel to it. Um, granted, a few of the other kids, yeah. They, they are, well, no. I will be serious. The other kids in it are pretty annoying. They are pretty shit, but... You do get a nice introduction to Tyra Banks, who's not that bad in this, and... Yes, the whole Buster Rhymes doing karate on Michael Myers, that was bad. But apart from that, does he really act that bad in this? Like, is he really that noticeably bad? This movie's, I mean, it's more than doubled its box office, which is is success in its own right. And as far as early 2000s slashes, it's actually not that bad of a movie. You know, and I think people are just afraid to admit that sometimes because everyone else thinks it's bad. I mean, one thing for sure, it's really fun. It's really tense and it's really jumpy. They do a great house of the, uh, great job of the house, sorry. And the cinematography and the camera shots are really good. You know, the way it's filmed sometimes, it's the way it's filmed normally and then the way it's filmed through the, like, cameras all the, yeah, uh, I'd say actors because the actors on this reality TV show, but all the cameras the kids have on the side of the head, I think the fact it like jumps from them shots to then the normal camera shot, I think that's really good. And I just, I love the whole people on the outside are trying to like, are trying to save her and tell her where Michael is. And I thought that was just so, such a cool and unique, but simple idea really that she's like pretty much live streaming her experience and people's tuning in and telling her how to survive, you know? And I know that every one of us probably would have watched something like that if that was on our TVs, you know. And I think it's ludicrous to say this is a worse movie than Five. That is for sure. 
because five, I think, you know, obviously I'm not going to get into a Halloween ranking now, but for me, five is probably the worst, if not the worst in the franchise. Um, and I and I do honestly think this film's way misunderstood. Um, yeah, there's a couple of big things in this that distract people from the fact it's actually a pretty good horror movie. But I think the bottom line is, apart from Buster Rhymes doing karate and killing the Florrie Strode, which, yes, are two big things, I don't think it's that bad. And I've always been surprised to see it at the bottom of people's lists. I just don't get it. But like I said before, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinions. And I'm just trying to, <coughs> excuse me, put across that. Maybe if you hear one person talking good about it, that you might come and start talking good about it. Because you really don't see a lot of people talk good about this movie. And I think it's a shame because it's 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 not a bad movie, really. Um... But yeah, thanks guys, I guess. That's it for today's episode. Um, sorry to go off on a rant about Halloween Resurrection, but I just felt like it had to be said. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for tuning in again, guys. And hopefully I can, I can get some more regular content and episodes back to you. Um, I've got a lot of ideas coming up. It's just finding the time to record these uh, episodes. But thanks all for listening. And I really do hope you enjoyed this podcast.